Welcome to the College of Lore. My name is Anthony. My name is Josh. We're bards and we talk about things. And this is a College of Lore. My charisma is zero. It certainly feels that way at sometimes, but it's like, it's endearing, you know? That's what I tell myself anyway. Sure. <laughs> like a dumb puppy. Like a dumb puppy. Those guys have a charisma of 20. And Pathfinder would be like a charisma of 30. <laughs> so today i thought we would talk about some of the organizational tips and tools that people use to run D D games everyone's different uh what's be whatever behind your dungeon master screen is is unique but everybody has one and everybody has something even if the screen is their forehead and all the information is in their brain so wow yeah i'm not that organized all my information is not in my brain it is at certain points, and then it flies away like a little bird. So I have had to learn and struggle with some organizational tips and tricks, which I thought was just for, like, I don't know, people who want to organize their house, but it's not. Your house is your D&D, &D and it should be in order. D&D &D is my house. <laughs> is it a well-built house? Is it made out of stone? Man, the integrity of the house... Is constantly under is constantly being stress tested. Okay, but uh, it's we're up here, you know. It was not built by a valid contractor. It's like when you build a house and it's cool, and then you realize you need a lot more rooms. But the initial house isn't built for a lot of rooms, so the structural integrity of the original house, it's it's too late to go back and fix it because you got a lot more rooms. Uh, but in one of those rooms is a library, and inside that library is a book on how to play D&D. &D, and that's what we're, we're talking about today. Yeah, that's a great point. Let's get back into... <laughs> Segways are hard. They are. They are. But um, if you stuck with us this long, surely you'll stick with us a little bit further as we talk about some resource guides. Now, right off the bat, if you are wanting to run a game, and you've never run one before, you want to run a game, and you don't really know what the resources are out there, no matter what system you're playing, there's a good group of online tools that I like to use. So one of those tools, the very first tool that I ever learned about in D&D and Pathfinder, which is actually available for a ton of other systems, is Roll20. Now, they've had some problems in the past, and we will talk about that, but one of the things that I like about it is it's an integrated system where you can put your character sheet, maps, tokens, and publicly roll uh, for everyone to see. That being said, there are a lot of other tools out there that have better histories behind them. And I I really don't know the, the controversies behind Roll20. I didn't even know that there were until recently. So Josh, you had a Roll20 account. You paid money every month for their services. They have dynamic lighting and all sorts of things with a pro account. What pushed you away from Roll20? Well, first I want to say that Roll20 as a resource is pretty good. The compendiums, they were all free open source for the most part i don't know how DD runs because we usually only ran pathfinder games on there but you can still get the spells and the details and stuff like that on the site i think that the site's limits are the fact that it's online so there's not really a giant usage to get roll 20 account if you're not playing the game on roll 20 like why would a dm have roll 20 information if he's playing an in-person game so it definitely depends but if you're playing online having everything in one place is generally good i had a lot of characters built on roll 20 there's a lot of automation and stuff like that. Roll20 is good, but like the house metaphor, Roll20 is a bit clanky in its roots. And it also has been the same for the past like five years. 
Roll20's dynamic light system and stuff like that is really good, but when you add a bunch of stuff together, it is browser sourced, so it tends to bog down the site, get really slow. Sometimes the site crashes, sometimes the music doesn't play for everyone. It's a bit wonky. It could use some polishing that I feel like isn't being provided, especially for the amount of money I pay. I'm expecting their funds to be used to make the site better. But it's it's a it's a good it's still a good source for online play. It's just not the best source for anything other than that. Could be a lot better, right? Yeah, and I also say that it's a good source for online play because right now there's not a lot of good sources for online play. So our, your selections are kind of limited in the first place. Right. So we're definitely having a lot of online games now. It is a site that everyone can get together and roll on. Privately, people can use D&D Beyond to create their characters and roll attacks and things like that, but it's kind of clanky uh, with, it's not integrated, you know, you can't have a whole campaign where everyone is, is rolling together at this current moment and, and see that. I, I think they're going there. I think D&D Beyond is moving towards an integrated Roll20 hack because they kind of already are with, with the rolling and stuff. They're a little bit more integrated with, they have all the D&D content, whereas Roll20 is kind of like more broad and shallow, where D&D is very deep but narrow in terms of what they have to offer. So you can create characters in there, it has compendiums and things. One of the pitfalls of D&D Beyond is anything that's not in the player's handbook, you have to pay for. If you want to play a race that no one's ever heard of before, official source material, but not in the player's handbook, not in the official SRD, you're going to have problems. You're going to have to buy either individual things, wait for a sale, and buy like Xanathar's Guide. That's the other thing. You can't just like buy what you want it's super expensive it's like three dollars for a new race so if one of your characters is playing a new race you have to go out and buy that it's kind of weird to not have these integrated sources like pathfinder when we played pathfinder everything was free and open source i love that about the game you could find any monster you could find any creature and just grab it and you'd know everything about it yeah that's definitely what made pathfinder balance out its mathness and complication it's open source with D&D Beyond it's really cool but like you said it can be very expensive as it adds up so just kind of you know maybe play with a rich friend <laughs> because you can just steal their account sort of like Netflix yeah so that's my recommendation <laughs> uh they I, I do that they do uh caution against account sharing but they also have no way to tell so you know I'm not saying... Don't do it, kids. We don't recommend it, but do legally, it. Legally, uh, I should say don't do it. Unscrupulous sorts of people could do it, is what I'm saying. We're not saying we support it, but we are saying it is possible to do. It's a, we're exposing a flaw in their system, is all we're doing. Okay? They need to have some sort of thing. They should be paying us right now for this free advertising. That's true, yeah. Is what it is. They should listen to this podcast and put it on their website they that would be awesome wow um we would have to take down this episode though It'd be like episode 10 and then episode 12 was like what happened to episode 11 it's gone too powerful <laughs> what are some other sources uh tony that we can use for uh D? one of the other sources that i would caution people against which is the first thing that pops up on google is the D wiki you will find a lot of like temporary 
you, like there's no way to know if anything's official. So if you want to play like an official game and someone comes up to you with this class that they say is official that I found on the D&D wiki, look into it a bit. Um double check that they're that they know what they're talking about and that the D&D wiki is up to date and that the class isn't completely busted. Uh this one guy I know played a fairy that was uh totally unofficial content. He was um like an artificer or something as well, which was totally unofficial content. And for some reason, this little, like, two-foot-tall pixie with wings was destroying a giant dragon in the middle of a battle. And that just really took me out of the element when I was playing. So, yeah, the D&D wiki, for history things, it's great. I get a lot of my sources from that, for this podcast, from the D&D wiki, and then translate it into audio for you guys. But that's only one of my sources. I have to check multiple sources in order to make sure what I'm saying is accurate. So the same thing with your character. Like if you want to pick up a character or pick up some information or organize something, the D&D wiki, just be careful with any wiki, really, because it's open source. Anyone can edit it. To add to that, though, while it may be unbalanced, there are a lot of cool homebrews on the wiki. So if you need inspiration as a DM, I go there a lot. Um, what, what could I... What, what could I find there? What would be something that I could find on the D&D wiki as a DM? I mean, like you said, there's not a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of unofficial content, so it's like a collaborative, collaborative mind of a bunch of people and their weird ideas. The ideas might not necessarily be balanced, but you can come up with cool feats and weapons and items from these classes. You can pull little tits and tads that aren't necessarily a full-on class... Or full-on class, if you want to go crazy. I don't know your game. So, like, you can get a lot of inspiration from other people's ideas. Uh, I use the wiki a lot for that sort of thing. Nothing specifically, but for ideas and stuff. Right. So, just fact-check everything. Make sure that um, either that you're putting something in there that you really want to have, or that you've play-tested a little bit on the side to make sure that what... Or just send it. Yeah, just send it. Who cares? Yeah, you're the DM. <laughs> You were in control. The magic suddenly ran out of your sword, and it no longer works. It's just a regular sword now. Now it's cursed. It's cursed also, because I made a mistake. Yeah, it is also giving cursed. giving it to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is your, your fault if you put a, a broken item in there, and then if you dial it back, you better you better have a very gentle way to dial it back so that the player character doesn't hate you. Yeah, it is your fault, 100%, but, you know, you can fix it. Or just work with your players, you know, like, hey, I messed up. Be honest with your player. What are you talking about? You're right, my bad. Give them everything and then take away it all. <laughs> you are God. Which you will. A lot of power, They are your puppets. <laughs> Isn't that why we DM? It, well, I do it because I want to tell a story with people. I think you, <laughs> I think. Tony. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, My gentle, sweet, cricket apprentice of a little boy man. I don't know where I was going with that. My sweet summer child. Yes. Yeah, I think that... What are some online uh, calculators that we could use, Tony, for uh, some, you know, for some resources for these these lovely people? That's a great point. There are a ton of online calculators and lists out there. If you want to go flip through the player's handbook and find the list of general adventuring item to describe what your players see when they go into a shop, you are going to be flipping... It's going to look awkward, but these are questions players ask. People ask, what's the name of this person? Does this person have a name? And you're going to have to, you know, make up a name. 
If you are a good DM and you are really organized, you will have a book of names that you've used. We've talked about this before, I think. Joshy said that you had a binder full of names and you would put notes next to each name that you used and when you used it. This way, you wouldn't reuse the same name over and over again. And you'd also find ways to remember that person's voice the next time that they came up. That's partially true. I have a bi- I, I don't have a binder. I have an online thing, like a list of names. I, in theory, that is what I try to do, but sometimes in the moment I forget to write notes next to the name that I used, and sometimes I do mess up. But the idea is there. This is what I would like to do, yes. That's what you should do. Right. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but I don't always true. do it. You're, you're a puppet master controlling a thousand strings. You're, you're answering each player's question. You're writing a story. You're telling people about the world all at the same time. It can get a little messy. So if, you know... Players give your dungeon master a break, okay? They're creating an entire universe. With creating an entire universe, I'm sure math is involved. And there are a lot of online calculators that you can use to figure out the challenge rating of an encounter. You can use an online calculator to uh, figure out how much things are worth, how much weight uh, your standard items are. Player characters will ask you questions like, how much water can we bring into the desert with three horses? And I'm sure there's an online calculator out there for that. There are so many. Uh, I would have, if I was really good, I'd have like them all bookmarked. But like Josh said, sometimes things get busy and you just got to Google. If you can, a true dungeon master, like the best dungeon master out there, can rattle on, you know, and say nothing to his players while talking for about 10 minutes, just while he's Google searching with his thumbs under the table pulling up a calculator trying to figure out the exact answer to whatever they said that is where i want to be that's where i'm going towards uh, i say one one day you'll get there <laughs> one day I believe in you one day we'll all get there we're all gonna make it my dude we're all gonna be the best dms that'd be so cool you think in heaven everyone is the best dm but then you can't find anyone to play in your game because everyone's been Would like that make matt mercer jesus <laughs> i think it does you were talking about having a notebook, but not actually having a notebook, right? With laptops yes. and technology going the way that they are, most people have at one point seen someone with a laptop. I think that's a general enough statement to make. I use rocks and chisels, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, sometimes. Is that a mini? No, it's my computer. <laughs> it's a it's a kinder, and it's just a pile of wood. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, you use your computer, use technology. Don't write everything down. You're going to be flipping through everything. If you take everything out of an adventure that, let's say you're working a pre-made adventure, let's say you write everything out of that adventure into a notebook for quick searching and whatever, and then you're flipping through the notebook. You're doing the same thing that you were doing with the book in your notebook. You're not solving, you're not increasing anything. There's no process improvement. There's no cost savings to that. What you have to do, in my opinion, is put everything into one location all your hyperlinks to everything else you know back it up obviously if you're putting everything in one location and like the you know the opening crawl to the story people's backstories you either need to have like a folder on a usb or you need to have like one spot in your computer that has everything now i recently started using OneNote for everything because I could make like as many tabs as I wanted to, and then as many pages inside those tabs. It's kind of weird to explain it without a visual representation, but at our high level on Patreon, we do have a lot of videos that we talk about 
different things, and I'll definitely go ahead and take this new adventure that I'm running, which is a pre-made game, and do a video on my note-taking and resource management. In this video, or in this audio, we're just going to be talking about, like, the things that we use, the different types of tools that we use. So I use OneNote. Josh, do you like OneNote? I can love OneNote, dude. <laughs> OneNote's great. Yeah, like you said, there's the tab function, there's hyperlinks. It's like all the power of a Word doc, but also the formatting power of whatever is good at formatting. InDesign. Adobe InDesign is really good at formatting. If you're rich. I've never used InDesign. Uh, I should use it because I have it because I'm an artist. Okay. But I, I, I've never felt the need to switch anyway. Not to mention OneNote is really cool because you can link your players to books. So if you're Ooh, okay. really dedicated and you make your own source books, you can just link them the OneNote and it'll send them the whole book instead of you having to deal with all this mishmash. And it's free. It comes with your Yeah, Windows, it comes with Microsoft. Unless you're a Mac user. I'm sorry, Mac users. That would be an issue. So after doing some research, it looks like Mac doesn't have a unique note-taking app. However, there's a couple that you could use. I found this after one quick Google search. There's ClickUp, Devon Think, Omni Outliner Pro, Scrivener, Growly Notes, Outline, Curio, Mac Journal, Soho Notes, Together, which is now called Keep It, Eagle Filer, Yojimbo, Magical Pad, Alternote, Evernote, and Google Keep. Some things to consider when you're using an alternative for OneNote is what type of file it can handle. Can it import video, audio, notes, and PDF? Can it save data in the original format and then export it to whatever you're using? Can it import data from whatever notepad taking app you're currently using? You might want to see how reliable it is at saving data, as some note taking apps on Mac can be temperamental when it comes to saving data. Make sure you can rely on the one that you're using, especially if you're dealing with important files and data. Does the developer charge for updates? You definitely want to check out any hidden costs before you use something. And then you want to make sure that it syncs with iOS. Many of these OneNote alternatives at least sync with iPad and some iPhones, but some do not. And that's what Mac uses for, which is similar to OneNote. Universal, one that we talked about before, is InDesign, Adobe. And again, one of the cool things about OneNote is in Microsoft Word, let's say you, you wrote everything in a 10,000 page Word document, you'd have to then scroll through. You're having the same problem as flipping the pages. With the tab feature, you can quickly jump to a general selection, and then it has multiple pages in OneNote that you can find. Also, in Word, everyone's had this experience. You're typing in Word, you get a document, you find a little picture that will illustrate your point perfectly. You put it in, and all the text goes off to the left. Why does it go off to the left? I don't know. But you have to spend 45 you have to minutes. The whole document because it's worthless. Worthless. You got to start all over. All this missed time. Use OneNote. You won't yeah. have any problems with graphics. You can put text. It, it's like text boxes everywhere. So you just have these floating text boxes that aren't like limited to the way that Word is. So And you can even do something in Word and copy and paste it into your OneNote to save it. Definitely back it up. Definitely put it online. Definitely you know have multiple copies of it so that um, you don't lose it because that's your one resource. But when I'm running a game, I want to have OneNote on my side. Uh, if you don't have that, you can use another free program, Google Docs. It's okay. Um, if you can organize organize your Google Docs well enough, uh, it's free. There's a bunch of other things you can put in there. Excel books. Um, again, being able to link everything to your players is awesome. Uh, you can do that really easily with Google Docs as well. 
Um, any other any other resources that are on this like note taking thread that you use? I mean, technically speaking, you could use Roll Twenty if you wanted to keep all your stuff in one program and you were playing online. Uh, another program that I used to use was Evernote. It's sort of like OneNote. I found that OneNote is better, more intuitive, looks prettier, but Evernote basically does all the same things, but it's more minimalistic in its design. It's true. And it's free. Okay. But it's also a separate program. It's not, it doesn't come with your Microsoft, but maybe it's compatible with Mac. So Mac users, hey, get at maybe us. you could use that. <laughs> what was that one? Um, it was kind of like a world building tool that you were using. Larry talked to us about it. Shout out to Larry. This was a, like, World Anvil, I think? World, oh, World Anvil. Actually, yeah, you're right. I'm surprised I didn't. Tell me about this that. This is, a, well, World Anvil is really good, especially the paid version. It's a bit pricey, but there is a free edition. Um, it's good for people who work visually, uh, map making specifically. You can put your map on there as an image. You can tag points of interest, POIs. You can have descriptors. You can have a separate page. If you wanted your world to be a website, this is basically what World Anvil is. I do think that World Anvil can be a bit heavy in the fact that it has so many text boxes for so many different things that most DMs would not touch on. Like if you have a little Hamlet, it's gonna ask you what are some political leaders, the POIs, the culture, the background, the religion, the this, that, this, that. And at some point doing that for every single city might be a bit much, but you have the option to do that or not do that. Uh, it's a giant rabbit hole. But yeah, I, I recommend World Anvil. World Anvil is really cool. Uh, especially if you are a visualist. If you like to show your players pictures, it's very picture-oriented. That's true. You can count your words, take notes, embed video, track tasks, and control access uh, to different parts as well, which is very good for Dungeon Masters um, to have a separate layer that they can see and then a layer that their players can see. Yeah, I will say the one thing that World Anvil doesn't excel on, that OneNote does excel on, is uh, off the cuff dm notes uh, i always prefer my dm notes to be organized sort of like a word document so it's a lot more compressed you have like the entire session on one page it just makes life easier yeah. and then you have that hyperlink off into like more descriptions uh world anvil is a bit more spread out because it bounces around based off of location since like i said it's very map oriented if you like that it's great but there's also no rule that says you can't use both right so you should probably use both <laughs> How much is that paid version versus, like, what, what's the difference between the free and paid version just as a consumer? I believe the paid version, oh, man, uh, it was a while since I've had it. I only paid for, I bought it for a year. So it's a yearly subscription. It was like 70 bucks, 70 bucks for a full year. It's subscription, okay. so it's not one-time purchase, unfortunately. But the, pay, the, the free version is really good, too. I would definitely try the free version. The paid version is not necessary. It has extra bells and whistles if you want to make it look extra pretty, but you can operate on the pay, the free version just as well. Awesome. There are some other like one-time purchase uh, organizational things. Recently, you stopped using Roll20 and started using, what was it called? Forge? Foundry? Uh, Foundry. Foundry. VTT, Virtual Tabletop. Yeah, it's sort of like Roll20. I haven't finagled with it too much. Um, but I've been playing around with it. It looks really pretty. It's got a little weather feature. It's got all the bells and whistles. Uh, it's compatible with D&D &D Beyond. So if you roll in D&D, &D, if you roll D&D oh, okay. &D Beyond, it'll pop up in your foundry. Uh, I don't want to give a review on it because I haven't really tried it. Um, but visually, I think it looks smooth. It looks pretty. It looks intuitive. It looks like what Roll20 should be doing, 
if they were moving in any direction. But we'll see. I, I I'm not. I don't want to say that it's good or bad yet. I don't know. Right. You can definitely check out check it out on their website. Um, briefly, what I saw from the trailer that they have is they have a day and night settings, um, more dynamic lighting than the dynamic lighting features in Roll Twenty. So you know, as the day goes on, you can use one map for day and night. A friend of mine, Battle Maps or sorry, Battle Maps, uh, on Patreon had to deliver several different types of maps using the same basic structure and then redraw it in the daytime, redraw it in the nighttime, redraw it at high noon, and then deliver those three different things. So instead of fumbling with three different maps based on the time of day, you just kind of have one system. It's offline, but there's an online component to it as well, right? So it's like a it's a program on your computer that you buy with a one-time purchase and then it is server based so you can buy a private server to run your game on um, or you can run it through your own pc and then have your players connect to your pc so it is a bit heavy on your pc if you want to run it for free which is most likely what people will do there's no reason to run a private server unless you need it up all the time or you have like a community game going but the plus side about it it is a one-time purchase unlike roll 20 which you're paying subscription this is like a flat 50 dollars. then you're good for the full thing and all its updates that's true. And again, for me, for what I'm currently doing, because I am just about to start running a game, is the best option for organization is to have someone do it for you. So in Roll20, I'm, I'm running Storm King's Thunder coming up. Uh, I found out in Roll20 they already had all of the maps, all of the NPCs, all of the stories, the blurbs that you read when characters walk into town. It's all there. So I'm definitely going to be using that. Uh, it was a one-time purchase of $24.99, I think, for the adventure module, uh, which is four years old at this point. Um, would I recommend buying the book as well? Yes, just because I'm a weird collector who likes the book, but you could get away with um, probably just purchasing it on Roll20 and and going off that. Um, it would be interesting to see if Wizards of the Coast linked up with any of these other sites to give competition. Because that's the big thing, is, is these people don't have the backing or the, the longevity that Roll20 has, which is why everyone goes to it. If you look up Virtual Tabletop, Roll20 is one of the first options on Google. So that's why everyone tends to use it. But uh, there's definitely other, other things out there. Um, pen and paper, when you're on the go, jot down a quick note, transfer it uh, to OneNote, get all those notes into one place. We're not trying to stifle anyone's creativity with some different... Uh, different ideas but i've had problems where i've written a whole page of information down and then i lose that piece of paper so you know however you want to be creative to get that out into the world do that and then find a way to bring it back in in a more organized chaos that'll really your players will really appreciate that and then as a player um organize yourself too you're gonna get handouts from your dm you're gonna get a bunch of information your character is going to change I played a game one time with this kid and every he had the same character sheet from when we started the game to when we finished the game. He would erase on the page and then write in the new number when he leveled up. It, the, the piece of paper was like thrown in a backpack. It was covered in Cheeto dust. Um, my man Irving, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna throw him under the bus 
<laughs> I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. But I know you know who Love I'm that. talking about. Uh, to further boost uh, OneNote, by the way, it is mobile too. Oh yeah. So if you have, you know, if you want to jot down some notes on the go, just put it in your phone. That's usually what I do. I don't usually use OneNote for that. Mm. I have like a memo thing that I yell into at like two in the morning <laughs> when I have an idea and I can't sleep. But um, eventually it hits OneNote if it's any good. So you can have like a separate OneNote tab that's just labeled 2 a.m. ideas, and then you know you throw it in there when you're. And you're drunk and stupor when you're like, yeah, man, what about what about this, this great really idea. totally original oh, yeah. sexy elf bartender that no one's ever thought of before? What's your name? Let me get my <laughs> list of names that I've got planned here because I'm an excellent DM. Well, that's a... my name is Candy. That's a good name. That's a good name. An elf named Candy. I want to write a song about an elf named Candy. That that'd be the title as well. <laughs> uh, she's so sweet. That Candy. <laughs> Um, I think this is a good place as any to end this uh, giant train wreck. <laughs> so yeah, thanks thanks for attending. Uh, thanks for paying attention. Thanks for taking notes. And take those notes and transfer them into you know your your website of choice or you know whatever you use your binder your D and D binder. Uh, thanks once again. The, do you hear the bell? Is that the bell? Could be. It could. Insert bell sound effect here. The bell is a real member of this podcast. And you'll do well to remember that. Bell collects all the font, the donations. <laughs> we don't get anything. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for attending. Have a great weekend. Study well and have fun.